Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. Well, let me start where I probably should have started before. I'll tell you, I think most of you probably know, I know my cousins don't know, the folks that are up here with me in the sanctuary. So I'll start. I think you all know Father Dave. Dave and I have been together 10, 10 years. So that's, that's hard to believe as well. Um, and 10 very good years. And then Deacon Lou, uh, he's one of our two deacons. Deacon Dave is on vacation somewhere. Uh, with his family. And then to my right is Father John Mulholland, I think, at least he was. And over here is our Jesuit member, uh, Brian Norton. Brian was ordained. He's a, from the parish, son of the parish. He was ordained a year ago. So, and I'm very glad that, that he could be with us again. Brian just finished, what, five years, four years in, in, in Paris. So studying. Um, I'd have been out of there in about a week. I, <laughs> would have been real quick, believe me, especially when I had to learn French. That wouldn't have been pretty at all. And then down here is uh, members of my family, Maureen and Bill. Sheila, I don't know the name of him because I can't remember. Is it Mike? I'm just telling you, I don't know. <laughs> I just, <laughs> help me here. I'm, I'm lucky I remembered you. <laughs> Mark, I knew it was an M. That's pretty good, Mark. <laughs> and then Frank and Carol over here, okay? No. <laughs> This, this is Brian and Haley, okay? So I got, well, that's good. I got five out of six. That's pretty good. Sorry about that. I'm standing up there saying, how am I going to do this? You know, I don't know. Just do what I do. You got to know when they got you, and you got me. So, um, you know, I've certainly had a lot of time to think about this and what to say, and I, I really am sorry. It's that we live in the time in which we live. And maybe, you know, at the end of this, uh, we'll see how some good can come from this. Uh, I'm not sure how or where, but I'm, I'm hopeful and prayerful that it will. But, um, you know, I just, uh, in what I write and what I say, I, you just got to know that I feel really very blessed uh, to serve, to continue to serve for another week, and to have served here for... It'll be 26 years in December. Now, that's hard for me to get my head around because I can't really... I'm going to get rid of this for a minute. I can't hurt you from here because you're too far away, I hope, okay? Although Sheila's a doctor, she might dispute that. But, but, but whatever. Um, but, you know, it's just hard. It'll be 26 years in January of this year. Um, so, but I just have always felt from day one until today that I really have just been incredibly blessed, and I, I write it like this or say it like this, to, uh, to serve the great people of St. Basil Parish. It's really been a wonderful, wonderful thing for me. So just a few things. I just want to maybe say what I am, and there's probably things I'm missing. I own that because I can't think of everything. Um, you know, what has been and what will be, you know, special for me going forward as I recall my time here at St. Basil. Um, first is when I first came here, you know, my goal was, and I didn't even really know what it meant, but my goal was to help people, to work with people, to establish or, or to involve as many people as possible 
in some form of ministry, whatever it is, and or whatever it would be. And, you know, it's just absolutely awesome to think about the number of min ministries, kind of formal ministries that we have here at St. Basil's. But in addition to that, and I won't try to name them because I'll mess it up, you know, um, so I wouldn't even go there. But in addition to that, I hear and I know and I'm sure so many other people are involved in doing some kind of outreach to others. And particularly during this pandemic, I know people have been calling each other. You know, we have all kinds of elders here in this parish. And, you know, people have been calling them, keeping in touch with them. Because if you're over here at Jennings or over there in that nursing home or anywhere where you're confined, you know, it. you think we're challenged, all of us. Just imagine how challenging that is to have been in their rooms for a couple of months and not allowed to come out um, because it just, it wasn't safe. So people are doing wonderful things, sending cards, sending notes, calling, talking with people. And, and that's, that's ministry. And that's, that's what's most important to me because I think where we find our real meaning in life is not doing something for us, but doing something for others. That's, that's what Jesus was all about. He was, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, the man for others. We women and men, that's what we're called to be, men and women for others. That's what it's all about. So I'm just very, very pleased about you know, that kind of ministry. Again, I, that's who we are, you know, or at least it's who we're supposed to be. Um, the second thing that I'll always cherish is my memories of our partnership with St. Catharines um, that started when I came here in 94. Actually, I was at St. Catharines two or three years before that, I think. I don't even remember how long, to tell you the truth. But it was just a, a wonderful uh, partnership that we had with that parish. Um, it was pretty challenging in some ways to make it happen. I had to speak to the parish council here, and I didn't even know him, the parish council at St. Catharines, and it was all based on Bishop Pilla's um, little pastoral letter on the church in the city. And, you know, there were some wonderful outcomes of that. My, my hope was that, you know, some way in this partnership we could create a bridge between the city and the suburbs, you know, because there is no bridge. And I think that's a big problem. People don't know each other. They don't understand each other. They've never interacted with each other. And, you know, we had joint uh, choirs, as Nancy and Steph know, um, you know, where the choirs came together here from St. Catharines. And they also, we also went there. We had um, picnics together. They came here to our picnics. We went to their picnic. I remember we had a picnic like off a of Warner Road in the park system and things were going very well. It was both parishes there. And then someone realized that their three-year-old daughter was not there. Now that caused real hysteria to say the least. And we had park police, we had everybody out searching for this little girl and after a while, somebody noticed a bump in one of the blankets that were there on the ground, lifted up the blanket, and there was the three-year-old sound asleep. So that was, that was, that was great, you know? And she had no clue the consternation that she had created by just doing what kids do. Probably what all of us would like to do is go into sleep. And also, I know that we had a, a whole series, and maybe some of them still exist, of prayer partners, people from the two parishes, you know, writing to each other. Uh, many, this wasn't, well, maybe it was a part of it. You know, many of us um, 
and some of us here today worked at Bingo down there. That's how the place was supported between Bingo, the parishioners, and the good people of St. Basil's kept that, that place alive for whatever it was, I don't know, maybe 10 years. Um, and, and nobody, uh, and back in the day, people were smoking, and, and Bingo players are serious smokers, okay? I mean, anybody that came out of there, you, you know, I just wanted to go off the 480 bridge and take a bath in the river. I mean, it was that, I mean, you know, it just, uh, and I was smoking at the time, so God knows. Uh, not for a long time, but, but boy, it was, it was unbelievable. And then pretty soon we had to do away with bingo. It's the only bingo in the city where people lost money. So, yeah, so that was just a good thing as well. But I just have wonderful memories of that and it, I'm just very pleased and um, grateful that that went so well. And that's because of you, you know, and certainly the good people from St. Catharines. The third thing I'll mention, and I'm trying to do this quickly, I don't know if I'm doing that or not, um, you know, our partnership with uh, San Francisco de la Paz, Honduras. We've been, we started going to Honduras after Hurricane Mitch, Father Byron, one of the priests that we know down there came and gave the like the annual mission appeal. And Rich Pine, Dr. Pine said to me, we ought to go down there because Hurricane Mitch literally wiped out Honduras, okay? And I mean, wiped it out. It wasn't the wind, it rained for 10 straight days and it just took out everything. Um, the bridges, we were fording uh, rivers in our truck because there were no more bridges. I mean, it was just the houses were gone. It was a total disaster. So we went down and then we started visiting and I, I think the, and did a lot of good things, but the best thing we did and what will be the legacy of this parish is the fact that we were able to build and construct, thanks to you, uh, 56 water purification systems in villages. So all those, so you got the city of San Francisco de La Paz, and I don't know, you know, it might be 10, it might be 15,000 people, it might be more or less, but then outside the village and all these roads, there's villages everywhere up in the mountains. And, you know, that's where these water systems, there's also some in schools too. Uh, the orphanage, we put one in and other places, but mostly it's in the villages. And, and these systems give people pure water. And our goal of our Honduras steering committee was to maintain these, to keep them going, actually to sustain them after we left. And I am just so grateful uh, to God for sure, to the members of our steering committee and to lots of, you know, kind of the, the help of God and the Holy Spirit that got us to where we are. We have a young man, uh, Mario Ramos, who's running them with uh, some people that work with him. And um, we're pretty much guaranteed that these systems will be maintained for the foreseeable future. And I don't mean five years, I mean a long time, you know, and and it's a way the people participate in that. They pay for their filter replacements, but it's, you know, you can't do anything better than that than to give people decent health, you know, and if you saw them before and you saw the kids with all kinds of viruses and amoebas and bacteria, you can see just the incredible difference that has made for people. So that's the the final thing. Um, it really stands out for me and it will. And yeah, I'll continue to go down there. Right now, just so you know, you think it's bad here. Um, people in Honduras are allowed out of the house basically 
once every 14 days, okay? You can go out, you can, and you do it on your identification number, your national identification number. So you give it to the police or whoever is monitoring it. You go to the capital city of Uticalpa, which is maybe half an hour, 40 minutes away in that particular state. Uh, you get your groceries, whatever you need, come back and you got a quarantine for 14 days and that's it. I mean, and, and even with that, they're struggling with coronavirus as well. So it seems to be everywhere, but that's how challenging it, it is there for sure. Um, so uh, I just, I got nothing but gratitude and thanks in my heart, believe me, to all of you and to all of our parishioners. I, I know a lot of people are watching this live stream at home, and I'm glad you are. Um, you know, but it, all this stuff happened. It ain't about me. I mean, you can say it's about me, but it, you know, I just kind of stir things up and let them go. And that's how I do it. I mean, and somehow people take responsibility, and I never have to worry about that. I'm blessed to work with a, a wonderful staff and wonderful priests and and have been for 25 years. And I'm eternally grateful for that. Believe me. And, um, you know, and, you know, I have it's the best staff I ever worked with. And I've worked with a lot of staffs in Catholic charities, believe me. But this is the best one ever. And that's not to denigrate them. It just is the best one ever. And I truly am deeply grateful for that. So that's all I got. Um, let me read this to you. One of our parishioners sent this to me. Um, I think it kind of captures the way things are, you know, whether it's a church or, a, you know, a synagogue or a mosque or anything else. This kind of captures exactly what we're all about, working with God's grace. It's entitled, uh, uh, We Are Prophets, Prophets of a Future That Is Not Our Own. And it goes like this. It helps now and then to step back and to take a long view. The kingdom is not only beyond our efforts, it's even beyond our vision. We accomplish in our lifetime only a tiny fraction of the magnificent enterprise that is God's work. Nothing we do is complete, which is a way of saying that the kingdom always lies beyond us. The kingdom always lies beyond us. No statement says all that could be said. No prayer fully expresses our faith. No confession brings perfection. No pastoral visit brings wholeness. No program accomplishes the church's mission. No set of goals and objectives includes everything. This is what we are about. We plant the seeds that one day will grow. We water the seeds already planted know that they hold future promise. We lay foundations that will need further development. We provide yeast that produces far beyond our capabilities. We cannot do everything, and there's a sense of liberation in realizing that. This enables us to do something and to do it very well. It may be complete, but it is a beginning, a step along the way an opportunity for the Lord's grace to enter and to do the rest. We may never see the end results, but that is the difference between the master builder and the worker. We are the workers, not master builders. We're ministers, not Messiah. We are prophets of a future, not our own. And I really believe that's the way it is, and that's the way it works. And that was written by Cardinal Dearden, 
1979 and it was quoted by the Pope in, you know, several years ago. So it, it's really a great reflection. So I really appreciate one of our parishioners sending that to me. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.